Well, welcome church marriage ministry to our last study in our Wisdom in Marriage series. This has been, at least for me, an incredible study. Um, a lot of Holy Spirit speaking, ministering to my heart, convicting me even tonight of things within my own heart that maybe I am more doing with the wisdom of the world rather than the wisdom that is from above. Again, as we finish this study, we're in the book of James, and I'm going to read that to you. Book of James, chapter 3, verse 13. It says this, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And that really is kind of the focal point of what James is telling us we need to do the way in which we need to respond. And then he's going to go on and explain what that should look like. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy, self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So he lets us know what the, the wisdom from this earth looks like, as well as the wisdom from above. And the wisdom from above is what we're desiring to see within our hearts and our lives and to conduct ourselves in that way. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And again, as we've been going through this every week, and I make this comment, I say this to us guys, to all of us, uh, the biblical, for them, the true wisdom was not so much intellectual, but it was behavioral. Now, again, listen. I find it fascinating that people today, especially in the day in which we live in, um, they really don't care about the way they behave. And yet God does. It's oftentimes, and I see that often in marriage. It's like, I can behave however I want, and it's okay because I think it's okay. And God says, no, 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 time out, guys. You cannot behave the way you want and think that it's okay. It's not okay. The way in which we behave will be kind of evident of whether we have the wisdom that is the earthly wisdom or if we have wisdom that is from above. Because wisdom from above, it, it affects the way in which we conduct ourselves, the way in which we live our lives. So we want that wisdom. Tonight, our last thing, it is without hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, in a sense, literally, it's, uh, it's a reply. In a sense, it came to mean the acting of a stage player or to join in acting or pretending. Again, the, 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 the actors back in those days, if they wanted to portray, they were happy. They had a happy mask. If they were sad, it was a sad mask. It was the villain. It was the villain mask. The hero, it's the hero mask. And those are the same things we often have within marriage that happens within our lives. You know, we oftentimes we want to put up the, the, the hero mask for ourselves and the villain mask for the spouse or, or however that would look. But, but there's a mask that's there and, and there's pretending, there's acting. Without hypocrisy, hypocrisy 
is the false appearance of virtue or goodness while concealing the real character, the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Without hypocrisy, what it professes to be sincere. There's no disguise, no mask assumed. What the man pretends to be, he is. It has nothing of its own of which to be ashamed and which needs to be concealed. Without hypocrisy. We'll start with the ladies on this one. Okay. <clears throat> okay, as we look at this, uh, this phrase, without hypocrisy, and um, I really enjoyed this last phrase of uh, verse 17 in James chapter 3 because I think it gives us a great comparison. When we walk in godly wisdom, it tells us two things that we're to be full of as well as two things that we are to be empty of. And the two things that we are to be full of, as we studied last week or the last couple of weeks, were mercy and good fruits. The two things that we should be empty of are partiality and hypocrisy. And they're opposites, if you look at it. A pure heart that has mercy, a selfish heart is going to be prejudiced and one-sided. It's going to prejudge based on their own selfish um, feelings and thoughts. Remember what James 2.13 told us about mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment, especially wrong judgment. And so often in our marriages, we can be guilty of wrong judgment, passing judgment, prejudging our spouse about something when we don't have all the facts. Another thing, a pure heart is going to produce good fruit in one's life. But a self-centered heart can only produce the bad fruit of pride and hypocrisy, as we're going to look at tonight. And it might look good for appearance sake, but the inside is actually rotting and stinking. So here's how without hypocrisy is described in some of the other versions. That's what I was, I was going to focus in on tonight. In one version, it said not pretending. You know, in Romans 12:9 in the New Living, it says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. I just, I love that idea because uh, we can be so busy, be so busy about pretending and acting like we love our spouse, we love our friends, we love our kids, and yet our hearts can be completely off and completely wrong. And so Paul, you know, is exhorting us here, really love people, do it for real, don't just pretend. Warren Worsby said this, wherever you find God's people pretending and hiding, you can be sure the wisdom of this world is governing that heart. And that is so true because if I am busy about pretending or acting a certain way when it's really not what's going on in my heart, there's not godly wisdom operating in my heart at that moment. This is a great warning for us ladies. If we have to hide things, if we have to cover up anything that we've said or we've done, it just might be hypocrisy going on in our hearts and we need to beware. There shouldn't be any pretending. There shouldn't be a mask covering up what's really going on in our heart or in our thoughts or in our behavior. Let's not just pretend to love our spouse. Let's really love them and be truthful in the process. Another version for without hypocrisy said not two-faced. Doesn't say one thing but mean another. Again, ladies, we can be really guilty of this. And I was just thinking, like, you know, of an example when your spouse says, Is everything okay, honey? 
And we reply, I'm fine, which really means I'm mad, but we don't want to be honest and say so. It's all good. Never mind. You decide. Whatever. We can use those expressions to cover up, to put a mask over what's really going on in our hearts. When in reality, we're upset. We might be hurt. We might be mad. We might be bothered about something. But we're unwilling to speak the truth or rightly deal with maybe a conflict that needs to be dealt with. And worse, then we can be ever so quick to tell everybody else and put down our spouse to others and tell them what really happened when we should have been honest and upfront right from the get-go. You know, it's really not healthy for our relationships when we're two-faced, when we act like that. Even though it's hard, conflict is not easy. No one likes to deal with those kinds of things because sometimes we might be the wrong one and we're afraid of that sometimes. But it's healthy for us to not be two-faced, to be without hypocrisy in our marriages. George MacDonald said this, when we are two-faced and insincere, no one can be sure of, of him or her, either their words or their actions. And think about that in terms of our relationship, how maybe a spouse has to kind of walk around on eggshells because they can never really be sure where we stand or what's going on in our hearts. That shouldn't be in our marriages. We need to be honest and upfront. If we want the full trust and understanding of our spouse, we need to be busy, be busy about building that trust, not undermine it by pretending or deceiving. When we walk in God's wisdom, there can be openness and honesty. Remember what Ephesians 4.15 says, speaking the truth in love. Another version about uh, the way it was worded for this without hypocrisy is always sincere or genuine. You know, genuine means real, authentic, sincere, candid, or honest. When a product is genuine, you expect the real deal. You don't want a fake or cheap imitation. You want the genuine product. Second Timothy, Paul said this about Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. And you know, for us ladies, I, I really like that because when our faith is genuine, my love is going to be genuine. When God's wisdom, God's faith is operating in my heart, there's going to be a pureness. My love is going to be pure. It's going to be right. It's going to be the way that God wants it to be because God's love is the real deal. It's not the world's love. It's not a fake love. It's not conditional based on how you act or how you respond. It's God's agape love. It's the real deal, and it will work, and it will change our lives in our relationship. Now think about that in our marriages. For us as wives, is my heart, my thoughts, my attitudes, my behavior a reflection of God's agape love that's real and sincere and genuine? As I've said many times before, if the answer is no right at this very moment, then I need to run back to Jesus. I need to get close to him. I need to abide in him, allow him to cleanse my heart and fill me with his wisdom. David Guzik said that this without hypocrisy is without pretending to be what it is not, acting always in its own character, never working under a mask, seeking nothing but God's glory and using no other means to attain it. In, the, in other words, what you sh see should be what you get. And I just had to apply that to my own heart and in my own life. Am I seeking God's glory in my marriage or am I just looking about for my glory? Do I seek to edify and encourage my spouse to be all that God wants him to be? Or am I more concerned about me and how I look to other people? 
Do I pretend to be something better than I really am? Do I put my spouse down in order to build my self-image up? You know, um, I remember uh, back when we were in Whidbey Island, some ladies were chatting at church one time, and the conversation was uh, getting a little negative towards spouses. And one of the gals said this. Uh, she was talking about uh, working out and being on this diet that she was on, and she said, oh, yeah, the bigger he gets, the better I look. And I just thought that is just such a typical example of where we can be the hypocrites, where we have no concern for our spouse at all. It's just all about me. The bigger he gets, the better I look. And that's not a good place. That's not a healthy place to be. That's not where God would have us to be. In the Amplified, without hypocrisy, words like this, without self-righteous and self-serving guile or deception, God's love puts others first. My love puts me first. Without hypocrisy in the original language, one of the, um, the commentaries said this, inexperienced in the art of acting. When you are walking without hypocrisy, you are inexperienced in the art of acting. Now, I don't know, I was thinking of a movie. I think it was a Disney movie called The Rocketeer. Maybe you remember that movie or you've maybe never seen it. It's kind of set in World War II. One of the characters was this famous actor. His name was Neville Sinclair. He was a famous Hollywood actor. Everybody loved him. Another character was a gal named Jenny. And she was a wannabe leading lady who was dreaming of starring in a role one day with this famous uh, movie star, Neville Sinclair. When her big chance comes, she's devastated to find out that he's a fake. And worse, he's a, he's a spy in the uh, German Nazi party. He's a traitor. As she calls him out for being the deceitful traitor that he is, he smugly responds, it wasn't lying, Jenny. It was just good acting. And that's just so true for our marriages because sometimes we can justify in our hearts, well, I'm not deceiving him. I'm not lying. It, you know, this is all part of the show. And I have to ask myself, how about me? Am I ever being a good little actress in our marriage, playing the part of the good wife, but actually covering up or justifying or rationalizing deceitfulness in my thoughts, in my words, in my behavior. God's wisdom is without hypocrisy. Amen. Think about some of the examples. Facebook, for example. Facebook, think about the creation of Facebook. You can make yourself to be whoever you want to be on Facebook. You can describe yourself. You can find these best photos. You can Photoshop them. You can be a completely fake actress if you want to be, if that's how you want to portray yourself to the world. But yet, it's all hypocrisy. What about the places I go, the things I buy? Who do I hang out with? Who do I chat with? Are those things wholesome and pure and edifying for my relationship with these people and even for my marriage? Or is there hypocrisy? Beware of the tricks of the enemy. He is always out there trying to you know, tear us down and cause us to stumble. We need to be aware of that as wives. And you know, there's a deeper problem with hypocrisy. Not only do I deceive with the falseness that I portray, but then I also learn how to justify the deception as if it's all just part of the show. It's all just part of life. Everybody does this, so this is just how marriage works. This is how relationships work. I just pretend to be something that I'm really not. In reality, I'm never really admitting the fault on my part. I'm blind to my own failures. I hide behind the pride and this sense of false security that I am right, so he must be the wrong one. 
always busy about halfway revealing things, but halfway concealing the truth so that I look good. Here's what God says to us when we're playing that part in Romans 3, 4. Indeed, let God be true and every man a liar. We need to beware of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a warning flag that something is not right in my heart. We've said it before, but it's uh, worth to be said again. Even if your spouse is 90% wrong, I still need to own up to my 10%. Even if it's, the, if it's only a wrong heart or a wrong attitude, maybe a judgment or a critical spirit, if I'm wrong, I need to repent and get it right. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 says this, We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit in us, and by our sincere love. I love that verse because that's how I can prove that I'm not playing the hypocrite. How, how I can be sure God's wisdom is operating in my heart. Is there purity? Do I have understanding to my spouse? Am I patient? Am I kind? All the words that we've been studying for these last few weeks. Am I filled with God's spirit working within me? And do I have sincere, not hypocritical, but sincere love for my husband? God's wisdom began first by being pure, our verse told us, and it ends with being sincere, no hypocrisy. First Peter 1.22 says this, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another with a pure heart. That's what this verse has been all about all along. If our heart is pure, our behavior will be pure. But the opposite is true as well. When my heart is not pure, my behavior, my thoughts, my words, my deeds, they're not going to be pure as well. Truthfulness, honesty, sincerity are the purest form of love for my spouse. When I can be true, when I can be honest, when I can be sincere with him, then he can trust me. Deception and hypocrisy only expose a lack of God's love in my heart. So they expose what's really there. They put it out there for everyone. Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 12 says this, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She opens her, her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. That's a heart that's walking in God's pureness and not in hypocrisy. If I want to be wise in my relationship with Pat, I need the wisdom from above, as we've been saying each and every week. Proverbs um, chapter 3, verses 13 through 15 says this, Joyful is the one who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. This proverb tells me that wisdom from God is going to cause me to be joyful. God's wisdom is better than anything this world has to offer. There's not a rich thing, a, a treasure in this world that compares with God's wisdom. It gives me true understanding, understanding in a relationship where I need understanding. I need to know how to understand this man. And there's nothing in this world that compares with God's wisdom. So as wives, as women of God, look up dear sisters. Jesus will provide the wisdom that we need when we ask him and we look to him for it. Amen, amen, amen. For us guys, again, um, without hypocrisy. Now listen, 
I find it fascinating that oftentimes I will be doing counseling and people will come in and I usually ask them, okay, well, give me a little snapshot of the problems or the issues. And as they begin to talk again, um, they both, it's like they're both watching movies that are exact opposite. You know, they're always the hero in their movie and the spouse is the villain. And in a sense, it's the mask that they're putting on. But I also, I, I, I also usually will do this. I'll say, guys, time out. L listen, listen. I, I'm having a little problem connecting the dots because in one sense, you say you love God and then you tell me you love each other. And if you love God and you love with each other, I have to stop and say, then what is the problem? What is the problem? Because you tell me you love God and you love each other, and yet there's all these issues going on, which tell me that there is hypocrisy within the marriage. There are things going on that are, that are it's the mask, it's the disguise. Listen, you go back to the Garden of Eden, to the first marriage, and, and you look at what transpired there. The Bible says he put the Lord, he put the, the man and the woman, they were in the Garden of Eden. And they were there, they were taking care of the garden, they were naming the animals, they were doing all of these kind of things. It said that they would walk with God in the cool of the evening. And God said, of all the trees you can eat except for one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Do not eat of that tree. The day you eat of it, you will surely die. And then what happens? The enemy, the serpent comes in and he says the same lie he does to us today. Listen, you're not really going to die. God really didn't mean that. He really didn't say that. And that's the same thing we have going on in the world in which we live. It's almost like you, don't, you can act however you want and it's okay. And yet God gave the command and said, it's not going to be okay. But we're going to pick it up. Genesis chapter three, verse six. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, well, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, well, it's the woman you gave to be with me. She gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent. It was the serpent who deceived me and I ate. So, so you stop and you look at, okay, what is it that's going on? They're walking and they were walking with the Lord in the cool of the evening. 
But, but when, when they fell, when they sinned, they discovered they were naked. They were ashamed. And then they, 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 they hid themselves from God. They, they made coverings for themselves. Then they, they're trying to deceive God. And then they start blaming other people. Again, listen, men, ladies as well. Whenever there is hiding, there is covering, there is deceiving, there is blame. It all points back to the Garden of Eden. And what happened in the Garden of Eden was sin. It's sin. It's wrong. Just like whenever there is within my life hiding, covering, deception, blame, whenever that's going on, it speaks of what happened in the garden. It's sin. It's wrong. If that is going on within the marriage, people, again, it's hypocrisy. It's wrong. It's sin. Listen, we all have those little devices that we carry around with us 24-7 that we look at at all times. And listen, on that device, if there are things, men, that you are hiding, that you are covering, that you're keeping, trying to deceive from your wife on that little device, the Bible says it's sin, it's not right. Ladies, if you're doing the same thing, it's sin it's not right. Whenever that is going on, people, whenever that's going on, it's hypocrisy. It is not love. Remember, Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisee, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed nor hidden that will not be known. Numbers 32, 23. I'm sure you've quoted this to your own children. <laughs> your sin will find you out. Again, it's there. Listen, Jesus, when he was there in Matthew chapters five, six, seven, speaking the what we would call the Sermon on the Mount throughout that he's describing behavior and throughout that he describes hypocritical behavior. And listen what he says there. He says, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets that they may have glory from men. Again, the religious, the Pharisees, they wanted everyone to see. They wanted glory from man. The Bible says that the, the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap that we fall into when it's just all we do and the way we're living our lives is only to care about that other people think because we're making it all about us. Jesus goes on to say, when you pray, uh, you should not be like the hypocrite for they love to stand in the synagogues and on the corner of the streets that they may be seen by men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrite with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. Again, no matter what it is that we're doing, Jesus would say, hey, if you're doing all things and it's only to be seen by men that you would get the glory, he said, that is hypocrisy. 
whether it's you wanting to be known for your good deeds, whether it's you wanting to pray out loud so that everyone could hear how spiritual you are or you're talking about your fasting, if it's only to be seen by men, the Bible says, hey, you're trying to seek that reward. Now, also, Jesus said in Matthew 5, he said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what's the difference between doing things to only be seen by men and letting your light so shine? Well, the difference is who's getting the glory. Doing things to be seen by men is I want the glory. Doing things of allowing God's light to shine through us. And we're not caring about the glory. We want him to get the glory because it's not about me. It's about him. It's about him. Paul tells us in the book of Colossae, he says uh, to the church at Colossae, the he says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, he says, do heartily unto the Lord and not to men. Listen, most of us spend our lives just trying to please people around us. I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of my life trying to please my dad. You know, my dad, when he was growing up, he was like, the best at every sport that was out there. And he was, you know, really, really good. And he happened to have a few sons and none of us were really good in sports, but you spend your life trying to, to please him or to make him give you a positive comment in, in that kind of a light. And then I remember, you know, where I got fairly good in one sport and, and we were out kind of playing and my dad looked at me and goes, wow, you're, you're, you've actually gotten pretty good. And I remember it's like, okay, well, now I can die and go home. I got the compliment I've been looking for all my life from my dad. Again, we spend our lives trying to do that. And yet God says it shouldn't be about that. That's just trying to get it from it. And that's a trap. It's a snare. It should be from the Lord when I'm looking and honoring and pleasing him. Remember Jesus says in Matthew 15, and he says, man, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And again, without hypocrisy and how oftentimes we even come to church and we put on the happy mask or the wonderful mask or everything is is wonderful in marriage mask and and we are trying to act we're trying to deceive we're trying to tell people that things are are, are in a good place when they're not Romans 12 again Mary alluded to this scripture Paul says let love be without hypocrisy Listen, hypocrisy is the opposite and completely incompatible with agape love. The two, they cannot coexist. And yet, guys, for us men, we have been commanded to agape, unconditionally love our wives. But if we are then found playing the hypocrite on our little devices, we're hiding, covering, you know, and not wanting anyone to see or to know, we are playing the hypocrite. And we're not fulfilling the command that God has commanded us to agape love our brides, to agape love them unconditionally. You know, again, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, hey, guys, listen, why do you look at the speck in your own, your own, uh, your brother's eye or your wife's eye, but you do not consider the plank in your own? Or how can you say to your brother or your wife. Well, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own. Jesus says, hypocrite, 
First, remove the plank from your own eye. Then you'll clearly see to remove the speck from your brother or your wife's eye. Peter does tell us, therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, all evil speaking. These are the things we are to set aside. He says, as newborn babes, we desire the pure milk of the word that we may grow. Thereby, God's design for us is that we would grow, grow in his grace, grow in his wisdom, grow in his knowledge. I mean, again, I love it. Wisdom that is from above is without hypocrisy. And listen, guys, again, as I was reading through this, I was convicted by the Holy Spirit that there are times when I play the hypocrite. I realize I have a tendency to put on a mask to be seen by men to be a men pleaser, to have people speak about me and the work I do for God rather than simply be who God has made me to be so that God would get the glory rather than me. Yet I know as I continue to traverse the way of righteousness, and I love this, I meet with a guy and as we were meeting, um, we were going through the Proverbs. Proverbs 8 talks about traversing the way of righteousness. And he stopped and he asked me, Pat, what does that mean? And, and, I, and it was really funny because I was like, hey, that, that is our life. And again, that's our marriage. Because again, oftentimes we think we want to just, we want to have people come in and they sit and they're talking to me and there's issues and problems. They just want to take a pill and have everything wonderful. They want to just be, you know, be at the top of the hill. But again, this life we're traversing. Traversing means it's, it's, it's difficult terrain, and so we're just going to slowly, gradually kind of go back and forth until we can get to the top. Listen, this thing called marriage, it's traversing. It's continuing going up. In our marriages, we want to continue to go up. We, we don't want to go back. We don't want to go down. We want to go up. We want to traverse the way of righteousness and, and continue to move forward in our relationship with God, in our relationship with our spouse. I believe that as we continue, as I continue to traverse, I mean, you know what, there's going to be that day that's going to come around um, to the point where I'm not grabbing the mask. I'm not trying to impress men or people around me, but I can simply be who God has made me to be. Again, with all my faults, with all my failings, but I want to impress God rather than men. Not trying to act spiritual, but simply be spiritual, being the one, simply loving, agape love my wife, unconditionally loving her, and, and unconditionally loving God. And then God will take this lump of clay, he will fashion and form and make me into the vessel that he wants for the purpose he wants to use me for, and I will experience what we've been studying and looking at. And that is the wisdom that is from above. Guys, again, asking, begging, man, let's, let's take those masks off. Let's throw them at the feet of Jesus and allow him by his Holy Spirit to do that work in our hearts, in our lives. Let's pray. Again, Father, we thank you for your goodness and thank you for your grace. Thank you for this series, Lord, this wisdom of marriage. And Lord, as we have looked at every single one of these trellises, things that we can put in place to allow you to produce the fruit within our hearts and lives, within our marriages, Lord, we need you to do that. 
So would you breathe your breath upon us? Would you anoint God, um, your work, your will, your purpose within our hearts and lives? Teach us, God, to remove those masks, not to be hypocritical, Lord, acting, playing a part, but we would simply be who you've made us to be in sincerity, Lord, for each of us to love one another. Love is without hypocrisy. So help us, God, to put those things in place. And we thank you again, Lord, for this series, for all you're doing and how you're working. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's couples agree by saying amen and amen. God bless you guys. Uh, again, thank you for coming out and um, may the Lord be with you and watch over you. Amen.